Kingston back up a big win with a big loss. Brand struggles to name a movie. Will puts up some fingers. And Brand decides the African Cup of Nations. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 24 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 24 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Is it episode 24? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake, I was looking at you the entire lead into that being like two oh. and four. <laughs> I thought you were telling me six. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're sitting oh. here, to, we never oh, ever yeah. get the episode number right, and so ten seconds before, I've realised that I do not know what the number is, so I've held up two fingers and four fingers on separate hands, and Branson just looked quizzically at me as if I'm using sign language or something. Oh, I thought you were telling me to... Open a beer with six fingers. I oh, yeah, we were going to open beers. I didn't really understand me. what was going on. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Great bloody start, right? I know. I still don't know why people listen to this uh, podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us for episode 24 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I'm your host this week and every week, William Chambers. And to my right this week, we shook it up last week. We've gone back to our original formation. Branson Gibson joins me. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, mate. Great. Better now that I uh, understand what we were sort of uh, talking about there with the whole five-finger, two-finger, six-finger thing. But I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. Chat about some football. A lot of football this week. And, Ooh. Branson, I had a quick look. There are some teams with games in hand and so on and so forth, but... Outside of that, there's about four to five games to go the regular season, and mm-hmm. it's starting to get to the pointy end, and it's starting to get very, very interesting. Ooh, yeah. So I'm really excited for the, the next sort of month of football that we've got ahead of us. And then, you know, the benefit of it is, is that we've got a month of football, um, and then finals, and a relegation battle, and it's all sort of coming to a head, and I'm very excited for it. Well, there's races going, all over, going on all over the place. I mean, we've got... Tight battle at the top of the table, a battle for that final final spot, and mm. then down the bottom, as you said. So, plenty of exciting stuff happening all over the place. Before we jump into the exciting stuff, let's get through the most exciting yeah, stuff. Good. Yeah. I was about to say boring stuff, no, but I knew not. that that would absolutely uh, yeah, sort of tear our podcast apart at the core. Um, kit bag segment. Branson, you're wearing a jersey this week, which I can mm-hmm. only say is one of my favourites. Mm. Um talk us through it mate it's beautiful well it is the home national kit of tajikistan exactly. and a little bit of context for this one because what was it earlier in the week or sorry last week the groups for the early qualification of the world cup came out yeah for asia and which i always like the early stages because um we just get to see countries that probably aren't going to be at the pointy end Yep. Getting involved. Yep. And it's very humbling, I think, for a sort of country that's got really good sort of footballing infrastructure as much as we'll bemoan it at times to go to some countries that really don't have the amount of money and resources and time that we get. Yep. And it's good because, you know, you see some of those smaller nations, for example, like Tajikistan and Nepal, who Australia drew, and you go, do you know what? Maybe. Maybe they do get through. You never know. But looking at the draw, and I saw... Tajikistan got drawn in whatever group they got drawn in. I said, hey, do you know what? I've got their jersey. So I decided to wear it. So it is a white jersey, predominantly white, and then it's got a series of green and red horizontal pinstripes on it, yeah, which I like quite thick, like. It's not like a thick band. It's, it's stripes, and I love it. And they're sort of varying weights, which I really like. Yes, and it goes red, green, red, green in a sort of general pattern, but I and just think it the, looks a bit nice. The crest is one of the best. Yeah, it kind of has a bit of a Statue of Liberty-esque kind of thing about it. but Gold, black text, love it. Yep. Awesome. Pretty snazzy kit. Number 21? 21. Is there a name on the back? Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce that live on air because yep. <laughs> I've not had any time to practice. <laughs> yep, good. So number 21, great bloke, but great kit. So I quite like it. Nobly, I'm not kit bagging this week. Well, you I'm, sort of are. I'm Scars kit, count. kit scarving. Yeah, still kits. Um, no, I was running incredibly late. I couldn't think of any jerseys that I really felt torn towards wearing. So I've gone with my Dandy City scarf because I have a ride here and the weather is heinous. Yeah, extremely windy. Windy, cold and gross. Yep. yep. Um, but do you know what was not windy, cold and gross? Well, one, that scarf because it's delicious. And warm. Yeah. Um, Kingston City last Ooh. week, we were live on the podcast, 
and we were watching the game, and Kingston City went 1-0 up through a bit of a stupid goal, and we sort of ended the podcast on a finishing note being like, well, Kingston City are 1-0 up now, but it's going to finish 6-1 to Heidelberg. Yeah. Spoiler alert, did not finish 6-1. No. Branson, what a massive win for Kingston City. Yeah, well, I mean, they hung on. And when, and when we say... They really hung yeah, on. Yeah, they like really that. did. They absolutely did. Heidelberg, they weren't knocking on the door. They were banging on it. But turns <laughs> out, Kingston went to a, went to Bunnings and... Uh, you know, Reinforced sort of, towards yeah, Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. They, that shit was stable because they were not giving up. And they, they hung up for, a, let's be honest, a huge three points because that sort of injects them straight back into that that relegation battle. I mean, they were looking sort of gone for all money. Who, who did they lose to? They lost to Paco. Yeah, and we were saying, yeah. oh, like, oh, great. I mean, you and lose Paco to... Paco looked good against them. Like, that was dangerous. But we were thinking, like, oh, great, you lose to Paco. Now you've got to beat Heidelberg. Way to make things tough. And then they just did it anyway. And you Ridiculous. go, well, do you know what? Okay, great. Um, on the flip side, though, huge slip for Heidelberg. I mean, they had a game in hand. Oh, sorry, two games in hand. So if they'd won both, could have closed the gap in theory, down to just one point. So the loss meant that, you know, could only get down to four. Seemed to hand Avondale the chance to wrap up the title. Or did it? Well, we'll get get to the interesting results of this week because there's... There's a lot of games this week that have implications for the... Like we said, there's four to five rounds to go. There are some teams with games in hand because there were sort of missed games with the bad weather. But the first game that really Im- gets impacted by this Kingston-Heidelberg one is the Green Gully-Kingston game this round. Well, that, that just got instantly more tasty yes. uh, after that result. Yeah, so Green Gully 5, Kingston 2. And... It was an absolute rip-snorter of a game, and, I have to say. And let's be honest, that's a little bit of a misleading scoreline. So tell, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. So, it like, we came out of last week with Kingston getting this miraculous win against Heidelberg. And then Kingston go 1-0 up away at Green Gully. And I'm just sitting there going, are we witnessing one of the, the starts of something massive where from nowhere they come and they just keep themselves up. And they started well and they scored. They got a goal away from home early on and it's 1-0. And, you know, sadly they do the standard thing of two minutes later conceding. So 1-1 at that stage. But then at halftime, it's 2-1 to Kingston City. You kind of got both of the goals. Um, And you're just sitting there going, if Kingston get six points from Heidelberg and Green Gully... They've got a real chance of staying up here. Well, they would have taken four, even if they got a draw. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. And so, at halftime, I was like, we, I, I felt that the game I was watching was the start of something big for Kingston. But, credit where it's due, Green Gully quashed any thoughts of a miraculous run with a blistering second half performance. Uh, you know, four goals. They ended up winning 5-2. Um, look, good goals from sort of everyone. I, I would say that it wasn't Kingston losing the second half. Green Gully found those extra gears that we know that they have. And I think at times this season they have maybe struggled to find. Um, but, you know, there are games where they definitely can put it in play. But there's also ones where we've seen them go, you know what, Green Gully could have got points out of this one. This is probably a good example of Green Gully going, no, we know how to work through our gears and, and really sort of drive the nail into the coffin here. So, look, Alex Salmon got a hat-trick. Um, but... My favourite goal, my favourite pick of the bunch was the fifth goal for Green Gully. Um, so it was the 70th minute and scores a 4-2. So the game was done at this stage. Like, it really did, when it went to 4-2, it did feel like there was no going back. Um, those goals, those two goals came pretty quickly after halftime. Um, but anyway, 70th minute, the ball's going across the penalty area. And a Kingston defender hoofs it clear. Excellent defensive clearance, absolutely no problem with it. But the problem with it is that it smacks into a green gully's head, bounces back into the penalty area, and then the Kingston City goalkeeper runs out and could so go and claim it, but it just kind of, it's lobbed back in. He sort of runs off his line, stops and goes, I shouldn't be running off my line, even though, yeah, he should. And then Alex Salmon walks in behind and nutmegs the goalkeeper to score. So it's just like calamitous comedy goal. I love it. Um, And it was that kind of, for mine, typified the game. There were some good goals in there, but it was just a really entertaining game. Um, it had everything I wanted in NPL games. It had goals. Yep. It yep. had a bit of a seesawing battle. You know, the first half, I thought Kingston City were on for a miraculous entire well, season turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. It was so weird because I was, on the Saturday, I was driving down to the Thunder Avondale game, and so I checked the scores. It was halftime when I left. I'm like, 
holy crap, Kingston are up. And then I got, I actually got to Den and I checked this guy. Oh, they lost 5-2. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. Uh, typical Kingston City. Um, but look, it's a really important win for Green Gully. Um, that mm. keeps them level on points with Hume. So Hume and Gully, for those of you who don't know, are sitting fourth and fifth respectively. And I think they're now pretty much locked in for finals football. Um, you know, they could go on a pretty bad run, but with four to five games to go, I think they've kind of got that one down. Um, so that was a really important win for Green Gully and Hume's win this week as well, spoiler alert. Um, but Branson, I wanted to ask you, a big one out of this game is Patrick to Alex Salmon. I think that now takes him to a total of 22-odd goals yep. for the season. Uh, is Alex Salmon our golden boot winner in NPL Victoria? Yes, I reckon. Cool. Yep. Yep. Had a bit of a think. I mean, he's only one goal ahead of Liam Boland, but I reckon the big difference is, and I don't have the stats here, but I reckon probably 10 of Boland's goals have, yeah, have been yeah. penalties. Well, I wanted, I, to, I wanted to go through, and at the end of the season, we give out the semi-pro potty golden boot award. Yeah. And that's to the player who scores the most open play goals. Right. Because, yep. you yep. know, yep. like, I think it's a thing where, you know, you go through World Cups, and more often than not, the golden boot winner is like, you know, Harry Kane, who's yeah. a shit ton of penalties against Andorra yep. or someone. And, you know, the team that makes it deep into the tournament, it helps when you play seven games versus three. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know... If we take sort of penalties out of it, but yes, Alex Salmon for you? Yeah, I reckon. Just because he scores more from from open play. Yeah. I, I think he's more versatile. I think Boland's a great striker. He's very good. Mm. But... It helps know, that he's got Sakai and um, Zinni getting penalties left, right, it, and centre. It, it does, yeah. But he just sort of, you know, from open play doesn't seem to be taking as many chances as someone like Salmon. But, I mean... I mean, Boland had a see. fire start to the season. He was... He did. He did. open play, he was killing it. But, um... Yeah, so look, that was a really, um, following on from Kingston's excellent performance, a little bit of a poor one, um, but there was another game that had massive implications for the table on the weekend. Bentley nil, Heidelberg 3. Big result. Absolutely massive result. Given the context of the, the table and where we're at, so this was second versus third, and realistically you're looking at, are any of these two teams going to catch Avondale? Yep. And we know they're locked in for the finals, but we're now at the point of the season where momentum starts to matter. And, oh my God, I, I can't think of both Avondale and Bentley having to face Heidelberg going into the finals or in the finals. I think this is a big... I think they're in the box seat in terms of momentum. You so, Heidelberg? Yeah, so Heidelberg, look, it was a pretty good game in terms of performances. Um, look, they spread the goals around. Derek, Noon and Ellis... Um, were the goal scorers. There was nothing really notable in terms of cards or any sort of ill discipline or anything like that. It was just a really professional away-from-home performance by Heidelberg. And, you know, we sort of spoke about it then, but I want to sort of talk to you because Avondale's got a big game in round five, second-to-last game of the season against round Heidelberg. Yeah. What did I say? Round five. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I meant round 25. Yep. Uh, I was yep, actually just game. testing to see if you were paying attention. Yep, so, gotcha. now, I want to sort of throw one to you, and it's a little bit complex, but Avondale and Heidelberg meet in round 25. Yep. And if we kind of extrapolate this season, I actually think they're going to meet in the final. Yep. Who wins in round 25 out of Avondale and Heidelberg? And who wins the final between Avondale and Heidelberg? That's a tough one. I... I would probably say I would back Avondale to win in round 25. Yeah. But then I would back Heidelberg in the grand final. That's that's what I reckon. I mean... I feel like yeah, they've got it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of tricky because, I mean, uh, Heidelberg are always tricky for Avondale. They play quite physical and that sort of seems to be like the anti-style for the way Avondale like to play. Yeah. So that's always going to cause them problems. So, I, I don't know, I just feel like on a big occasion, Heidelberg are more likely to step up. So, I think it would be more likely for Avenel to win in the regular season, but then Heidelberg to use their experience, being there, done it before, to get the job done on grand final day. However, I don't know. 
It's football. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, we like, could be we could be arguing a moot point because you know Green Gully are going to win it. You know, this is yeah, well, the beautiful thing of football and, and the NPL Victoria, where we have this final setup where you know we saw it last year in the A League as well. You know, Perth Glory, yeah, yeah, outstanding yeah, yeah. all year, and then to get to the final and they're just not that good. So yeah. that's why I find it a really interesting thing to look at. But that that round twenty five clash is uh, going mm-hmm. to be obscene and. Kind of, it's now got got a little bit more importance because as good as that three points is for Heidelberg, Dandy Thunder won, Avondale won. You went out to Dandenong. Yep. God's country as far as I'm concerned. Yep, you love it. Talk us through this one, mate. Well, the underlying question that I sort of had after this game, after that result, was simply, do Avondale actually want to win the title? Because if they do, I'll tell you what, they're bloody making it hard for themselves because they've had a number of times where... Well, I mean, let's look at this one particularly. Heidelberg lose to Kingston. Bottom placed Kingston. And we're sitting there thinking, you know, that's crazy. Perfect opportunity for Avenel to come out against the 13th place team who love conceding goals, roll them, bang them away, and sort of keep that gap to Heidelberg over two games. Yeah. And make it really, really tough heading into that round 25. Because Avondale still have to play Heidelberg and Bentley. Yeah. So if, if they are less than two games... Clear. Yeah, before... before Heid- oh, 100%. 100%. But it, so I think it's critical for Avondale. I mean, they would want to have it wrapped up by then, just so they have that safety net of not having to worry about it. So coming into this game, you know, you'd think that it's all on the line. And they came out of the blocks looking pretty good created a bunch of chances early on, looked more threatening, but in the end it was actually the Thunder who took the lead. It was a an interesting, well, quite a hit actually, a swerving sort of long-range blast from Blake Carpenter, sort of bamboozled Chris Oldfield. It sort of looked like, initially when I saw it, I thought it took like a big deflection because Oldfield mm. sort of... He did, he, body he, position looked fine and then it all of a sudden wasn't. Well, yeah, he dove as if he was going to sort of like catch it at full extension and then it ended up sort of going over his hip. So it must have swerved. I heard him saying after the game that it, it did swerve more than he was anticipating. But, you know, clearly clearly bamboozled him, but, you know, sort of found its way into the back of the net and it really sort of came against the run of play. But the Thunder, you know, capitalise on a on you know a bit of luck, bit of fortune about that. They almost doubled their lead oh, seconds later. Brandon Barnes, who's been in absolutely rip snorting form, uh, had a little dink one on one with Oldfield. You know, ball over the top, found plenty of space, hit the post. So inches away for Danny Thunder yeah. for going two 0 up. Oldfield then made quite a nice uh, double save to sort of save the day. Avondale, Which is common for him. You yes, know, he does yes, pull off those good saves. So, but after that, Avondale, I thought they responded well. You know, again, we're more attacking. We're able to create a goal through, we spoke about Bowling before, through a penalty. Stephen Zinni fouled in the box. Bowling still hasn't missed the season. Up he came, slotted it away. Oh, imagine if a, he misses in the grand final. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that. Oh, I did say I in did. like I did say in like round two that, that he, he wouldn't miss a penalty. Oh no! What did you say? Again? I said he wouldn't miss a penalty all year in oh, like round that's two. So right, and I went and he off scored at you, cause... and he scored like another five or so since then. So yeah. it still hasn't happened. But I wasn't going to tempt fate by bringing it up. But anyway, back to the game. Avondale brought a level. I had a couple more chances through the first half, but then after the break. Things sort of changed, and they really sort of struggled. I mean, the rest of the game was all about missed chances. Avondale, they had a lot of possession, but not a lot of shots. In the second half, they only had one shot on goal. So they had a lot of possession. They struggled to break Dan Denong down, I thought. Like, Dan Denong was sort of sitting deeper back, and Avondale was sort of going for more hidden hope, and... It just, it's, it's, just... Not, it's not the Avondale that we saw at the start of the season. No. Where it was, you felt like when they put their mind to it, a goal was coming. And it was going to come from a moment of class and brilliance, not like a pot shot from 30 yards. Yeah. And... Well, when teams sit back, Avondale struggle to break teams down. And then... That's fun... standard with any team, though. Like, yeah, but... If they're... you're an attacking team like that, and teams... Uh, like, you, you've got to say the matchup on the park, Dandy Thunder versus Avondale, is a big mismatch, you know? Avondale are a far better footballing team than Daniel Thunder. And yep. so what better way to do that than to slow the game down and sit back and soak up pressure. And, and it's hard for teams to then attack because their whole thing is pace and attack and, and flair. The second you take that out of the game, it's a lot harder for them. But yeah, 
Well, the Thunder kept up the pressure up the other, and they actually had more shots and looked more likely to score. They had another chance right at the death. Barnes, again, another one-on-one. Right at the death. Had flashbacks of the Avondale Green Gully. Alex, so many go. Here it comes. Uh, Went for the little dink over Oldfield. Just went wide. Ended up at 1-1. In the end, big point for Dandenong, but an even bigger missed opportunity for Avondale. And it's it's just shaping up for those final two games of the season that we mentioned before, Heidelberg and Bentley, it's it's going to come down to that. I mean, if there's a, they're five points clear of Heidelberg at the moment, Heidelberg have a game in hand, they could screw it up. Yep. So, I mean, my question for you, mate, is how confident are you that Avondale will finish on top? If you had to sort of rate it out of 10, yeah. what would you say the likelihood of them actually hanging on and finishing on top is? I'm actually quite confident. So, mine's, mine's sitting at about an 8. So, I'm less concerned about Avondale finishing off the league season. I think they'll get enough points here and there. I've seen it enough throughout the season that um, even if you drop points, the other teams around you still have to win. And so, like, you know, who knows? Like, we could see some miraculous round where all the top three teams lose and then no one takes points off each other and it all just sort of peters out. But... My feeling at the moment very much is that I think Avondale have got it in them to win the league, but they are trickling over the line. Yeah. Whereas you've got, you know, teams around them that are going into the finals with momentum like shit, even Oakley. Like if Avondale have to meet Oakley in the finals, I'm sitting there going, I'm more concerned about that. Yeah. You yep. know, if, if, they're, if they're sort of just crawling over the line, they win the league, and it's for no reason other than they just had an amazing first 15 odd rounds to the season, yep. then. I think they're just not going in with momentum. So, I'm confident they'll finish top. I'm still questioning their finals. And the big thing, sort of taking a look forward to finals, is if they did beat both Heidelberg and Bentley in those final two rounds, then who knows? If they, I mean, they win both of those, they finish top, they've got all the momentum. Yeah. I mean, that could really change things up. But, I mean, I guess we'll just have to, uh, have to wait and see. I mean, it would be amazing if we could see into the future. It would be. But one thing, we can't see into the future. We can look into the past, though. We can. And in the past, there was a Hume City South Melbourne game. What happened in it? There was. Um, and also, in the past, there was a formidable South Melbourne team. Uh, but no longer. No longer. No, Hume City 3, South Melbourne 1. Look, I kind of described this... Um, I was talking to my mate about it, and he was just like, oh, was it a good game? And I said, it was an unsurprising game. So, it was yep. unsurprising in the sense that there was a strong win for Hume. Um, and that's what we probably expected to be on paper. But there's just always this bit in the back of my mind that goes, South Melbourne are more than capable of playing good football. Why don't they choose to do it when I watch them? <laughs> um, but Danny Dixon opened the scoring um, with a really, really nice free kick. It was sort of 30-odd yeah. yards out. It was up and over the wall. Now, it does bounce on the line, so he's really got it up and really over and down. Um, just, I don't, like, I don't want to say the goalkeeper should save it because it's a really good free kick, and I think the goalkeeper picks the right way and gets down and down to it very quickly, but still goes in. But it's just one of those ones where I'm just like, oh, man, it's like 30 yards out. There's not a ton of pace on it. But anyway, still goes in. Great free kick. Um, so 1-0 up um, at the break. Uh, before a goal, I think it was about 10 minutes before halftime. Uh, hang on. It was about 78th minute. There was another goal that was a belter of a strike. So we're at 2-0 up at the moment for Hume City. This takes it to 3-0. Uh, Thomas Harris with his first NPL goal. Um, that was th- the third goal for Hume. And that's pretty much sealed the point. So to be honest with you, South Melbourne were absolutely nowhere at this point. Um, they did get one on the score sheet. But the whole second half was... Hume City either controlling possession and feeling comfortable within the chances that they were creating, um, or just a little bit of shithousery from um, South Melbourne. Uh, there was a bit of afters, actually, late on the second half, between Michael Weir and Marafiotti. Um, and, you know, that was about the only impressive forward play that came out of South Melbourne all night. They did get a goal. It was a sort of a from a corner going in. It was a bit of a header, but it was... Nothing overly impressive at all up front, which is concerning. But if they're going to make a push for the finals, you know, they're going to be going up against some good teams. And I'm just not seeing a lot from South Melbourne at this stage. I know we were sort of talking about last week that you're sort of feeling they might make it. And 
I just I don't see enough from them, but it's a good win for Hume. Keeps them level with Green Gully, and there's a bit of a gap to sixth now. So that table is fourth and fifth is Green Gully and Hume on, I think, 37 points. Yep. Oakley Cannons are on 32 points with a game in hand. But there's enough of a gap there that I think Green Gully and Hume are going to make the finals. It's now who's going to sort of get that sixth, seventh, eighth sort of, you know, that, that fight for those three positions. But Bran, I wanted to ask you, because there were two absolutely cracking goals from Hume in this one, mm-hmm. two very different goals. Um, Tom Harris's, the one where he runs across, it runs across the box with it and then shoots it, first goal in MPL for him, or the first goal, which is the up and over free kick. What's your thoughts, mate? I preferred the third goal. So yeah, the Harris goal. goal. Yeah. The Harris goal, the shot from 18 yards. And the reason why I liked it is it to me it just sort of, Reminded me more of like a Premier League quality yeah. finish, and he what, wins the he, he wins the ball in a position not to shoot, and he takes it for a run into a spot where he can. Well, and he gets the ball and he just goes, Do you know what? I'm just going to hit this near post in the top corner. I'm going to blast, and the goalkeeper's just not going to be able to get there. Yeah. And then he did, and you just look at then you go, That's just he meant it. Qual- yeah, it's yeah, quality. You, you know, like it's just. He just sort of blasted it, and it went straight in. You look at it, and you go, that was a bit bloody nice. So that was that was my pick of the goals. That was my pick as well. I loved it. I thought it was a really good first goal to get, nonetheless, as well. You know, you could probably give me about 50 MPL seasons and 9 million footballs, and I probably wouldn't score that goal. Yep. <laughs> um, on the topic of not scoring goals, well, it's kind of pointless segue because there were three goals in this game. <laughs> but Melbourne Knights 2, Pasco Vale 1. A game that... Probably wasn't as close as it was on the score sheet. Nah, I didn't think so. So I was watching this one on Friday night. I mean, overall, it was just a, a comfortable win for the Knights. I mean, they controlled the game well from the get-go. They had all the early chances, the early run of play. Our mate, Awad. Our, yes, uh, one of my favourite players of the season. Our, the second our, half of the season. Yes, our, our signing for our fictitious team. Uh, opened the scoring midway through the half. Uh well-deserved lead for the Knights. Went in to the break, up a goal. Hamish Watson added a second goal shortly after the break. Headed home from a very nice set yeah. piece. Uh, just a lovely, lovely free kick. And it sort of seemed like it was a bit too straight, like the ball was too central for them to sort of whip in across. But it, a lovely ball over the top. Uh, Paco's marking left a lot to be uh, desired. Hamish <laughs> Watson. we keep on fire. Yeah, but Hamish Watson <laughs> in all sorts of space. Lovely little header. Beat the keeper. And it really just sort of put the Knights in prime position. I mean, Paco, they just didn't really look like they were going to get back into the game. I mean, even after they scored, the goal they got was from a penalty. I think it was for a handball in the box. And it was sort of... A little bit unlucky. He was sort of near the byline, and I think the Packer page sort of tried to cross it, and it hit a knight arm. So it's like, yeah, pen, but it's like they didn't really earn it or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and penalties straight down the middle. I mean, they did well, but they didn't really threaten even after that. I mean, they only had one shot on target for the entire game, oh, yeah. and, that, and, that, and that was from the penalty. So, I mean, to be fair, though... I mean, it doesn't surprise us. It's Paco, uh, like... No, it doesn't, but it's sort of like... It's hard to win a game when you only have one that kind shot of, yeah. on target. That My, kind of stat screams for me that they're going down. Like, that is 100% a stat that I would expect to see of, like, a, you know, what's another famous team that's gone down recently? Fulham. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of stat yeah. I would expect Fulham to have. Yeah, well, Fulham, and... Fulham lost, like, 2-1 in a game where the team had one shot on target. Yeah, You're going, right. are you kidding me? <laughs> I think it was, like, two own goals, and they changed one of them to a non-own goal. You go, yeah, great. It's like, they had no shots on target and scored twice. Are you kidding? Yeah, brilliant. Uh, anyway, uh, Paco, to be fair, they had a 100% goal rate when they did manage a shot on target. But, <laughs> I mean, for them, unfortunately, they uh, couldn't get many more shots on target than one. But, anyway... Strong result for the Knights. I mean, they just seemed like they were in cruise control for most of the game to me. Yeah. But, I mean, it was good enough to get the job done. And, I mean, they're well and truly in the finals hunt. They jumped ahead of a bunch of teams around them. They're now only two points mm-hmm. behind Oakley. Two points out of the finals race. So, I mean, they're looking looking pretty. Nice. Um, there was another pretty sort of good one for that emerging part of the table that we've sort of got there with... Uh... You know, Dandy City are trying to pull their way out of that yep. um, relegation zone, and Altona are trying to sort of make a push for that final spot. 
But it was uh, three points to Dandy City on a pretty good Saturday night match, this one. Yeah, it was. It was sort of a tale of two halves, this one. I thought the first half belonged to Altona. Mm-hmm. They seemed to control the game better. They were creating more chances. They opened the scoring with a cracking goal. Elmazi tried his luck from range and his bomb of a strike down the bottom corner perfectly. It was very good. Ball just sort of fell to him and going, do you know what? I'm going to hit it. And then he hit it. And Love the ball, those ones. And the ball said, do you know what? I'm just going to go on the back of the net. And it's yeah. it. Uh, if, so, I was, if I was a semi-competent footballer, that would be the kind of footballer I am. Yep. Where I just go, you know what? Oh, I'm just going to have a go. Yeah, well, it was a good strike, and it sort of paid off, and it was sort of, you know, good reward for effort. They didn't, Altona, I didn't think they had a ton of golden chances. Like, they weren't knocking on the door like Heidelberg were against Kingston, but, you know, still did well enough to earn the lead, I thought. Uh, started off the second half a little bit better as well. Had the first chance there, but then the winds of change blew over uh, Paisley Park soon into the second half and two they were wins as well weren't they yes they were yeah the, uh, yeah I thought that was good by Brian yeah, uh, uh, two big stars stepped up for Dandy City uh, they found their way back into the game with a goal from Brendan Sandlab his sixth goal in nine games imagine uh, if he got the golden boot well considering he's got six four so, games yeah, Alex Salmon's on 22 he's going to need to go bananas but I mean and also it, Alex Salmon has to not score again as well yeah but that would be very amazing if he did win you did say wouldn't it be amazing I think that is an accurate statement yes, yes it would yes. Uh-huh. so Lab stepped up first and Adrian Layer netted the second headed home I think his own rebound and it wasn't the Magic Heaver could have done better so cross initial header straight at him didn't catch it sort of parried it straight back to Leia, who I think had the initial header, and then saved the first one, couldn't save the second one. Leia beat the keeper the second time round, and I thought Altona would be a bit disappointed with that. You know, I thought at half-time that they looked the better of the two sides. They were playing well. Dandy City hadn't shown a whole lot. Uh, I did think the Magic would go on to win it, but, I mean, what do I know? I don't know a lot. So, anyway, uh, the win... Yeah, again, comments we keep on filing yeah, this great. podcast. Yeah, great. So, the win keeps Dandy in the hunt for finals. I mean, there's six points. I think they're too far off the finals. Yes. Can you bring up the table, actually? Yes, there's six points behind Oakley. So, I mean... Again, I think it's unlikely that they'll make it. But again, what do I know? So who knows? Um, to be fair, they've got a couple of super tough games coming up. They take on Heidelberg and Bentley next. So if they do somehow make the finals, they'll definitely have earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, those also loom as potential danger games for both Heidelberg and Bentley. But the big thing is the fact that they got the result and the fact that those two stars stepped up for Dandy City and, Will, how big of an impact do you reckon Sanslab, Valeri, and Leia have had? Like, is it is it possible to, to overstate? Yeah. It's it's so... It? it's so Well, no, because it's so weird because, you know, if we think back to the, the early performances of Dandy City, we tracked their trajectory. You know, they were getting a lot of cards, their discipline was poor, they were dropping points, everything was sort of going against them, and they just didn't look capable of... Um, getting out of that sort of relegation battle. But, you know, when they came in, and it was even a couple of rounds before, they started to get their structure in place. They started to be a little bit more disciplined. They weren't getting players sent off every week. They started to get some good goals and create some good chances. So I feel like they came in at the right time. It's, I actually think Dandy City were improving about three weeks before they sort of got their mid-season well, that's when, well, that's when they reappointed uh, their new coach and yeah. Big Sash. And, yeah. But, and, and it the, all the, sort of fell into place for yeah. them, I guess. And obviously it's just a good bit of planning from the, the board of, uh, of Dandy City of going, we're going to go down if we don't change something. And so they changed things in the right areas. Um, what I'm really impressed with with this bit of business is that Santa Lab played in a grand final. Yeah. Like... He was in a excellent A League team mm-hmm. this season, and he is an excellent. He's been an excellent footballer in Australia for the last, I'd say, five or so years. You know, he's always been. I said it when he got transferred. I always liked him as a footballer as an Adelaide United um, supporter, and I always wanted to think that he would come and play at Adelaide United. But what a treat that he's playing in NPL Victoria, and then you know Adrian Layer. He got um, his face hurt off by what's his face from. South Melbourne 
Um, remember that South Melbourne game where Leo got oh his, yeah sorry like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah on the on the yeah yeah, yeah. the challenge yeah gotcha so his his sort of impact has probably been a little bit less than um, maybe Santa Lab and Valeri but uh, like it's only because he hasn't been playing games those three together are just great and look I really I think there's we often talk about pathways in the A League of how do we get people from players from the uh, NPLs into the A League. But I actually think there's another pathway back down that we don't consider enough. And it's, yep, yeah, what do some of these A-League yeah. players do? What do some of these A-League players do at the twilight of their career? Because they can retire and just drop out of football completely. But it's like, what if they can come back down to the NPL? Well, and, yeah. and this is the next sort of... Well, it's sort of like a follow-on. Like, you see, you know, Tim Cahill, Brett Edmonton, you know, like, Socceroos International sort of come back to the A-League in their twilight of their career, but then the NPL, like you said, is a follow-on yeah. from that. The I, big thing I that see I... no shame in it. I see no shame in a player going from A-League to NPL. No, I mean, why not? I mean, the big thing that I reckon for Danny, though, is they took a massive risk in bringing those three blokes in because if that doesn't pay off, then yeah. apparently, I mean, we don't know, but financially, you would think that they'd be on a bit of coin. Yeah. Uh, Rumour is they are, but again, no idea how much it actually... I'm sure it's a base salary but, that's not too great, but then there's bonuses in it. But, so... I mean, we have no idea, but it's a big risk bringing in players like that, because if nothing else, you're sort of sacrificing three spots for three potential younger players or three opportunities. So yeah. I always think there's a balance with these teams. It has, because... and it's, it's worked. Yeah. It's worked. Yeah, you need to have your senior players and you need to have your young players, and I think... From what I understand, Dandy City have got a very good academy as well. Do they? So, yeah, so they've got a really good academy. I was talking to someone, uh, probably going a little bit off topic, but I'll do it quickly. Um, there was a uh, a juniors coach who coached, I think, with Borussia Dortmund um, over in Germany, and he has come back and is the um, academy coach at Dandenong City. Right. Uh, so not coach, I think he's like a technical director sort of role. Um, and I think what they're doing is they are in the NPL Victoria and they are splashing the cash on that because they know they have a crop of academy players coming through that they can either elevate to the first team and have a really strong base or those players are essentially commodities so they can start to make money off of transfers and so on and so forth. So they're investing in the the sort of the kids and the sort of the academy set up and they're going to see some fruit at the top because if they have senior players like Santa Lab, Valeri and co., then, you know, they will pull those those kids coming through forward 100%. I yep. mean, playing with Santalab right now, if you were a forward and you were training with Brendan Santalab, it, that will accelerate you more than I think anything will. On the topic of accelerating, let's accelerate through the next game because it was pretty goddamn boring. Open Cannons <laughs> won, Port Melbourne won. Well, it was boring, but it kind of wasn't. But I will accelerate through it. So <laughs> it was, it was. Here we go. So Port Melbourne got off to uh, got off to a lightning start. They took the lead in just or inside just three minutes. Unfortunately, though, the live stream was down. Classic, oh, classic. So we have no it. no idea how they actually scored it. The only written account I could find of it was on Oakley's Twitter account, which just said uh, "Goal Port Melbourne." So, so we can make up what so, this goal was. So, so that's great. I mean, we could, but that would also take time and we're accelerating. They, oh, I, I did watch the live stream of it. They did mention that it was a header, but I thought that was a bit boring. Oh, so. he's done a bicycle kick and hit it with his yeah. head as he falls. Yeah, that's it. Apparently it was Michael Eager who scored it. So great. Yeah, sounds like something Michael Eager would do. Yeah, love it. Uh, eventually the stream did get back up and running, so that was great. Uh, so I can tell you more about the game. I thought Oakley played well. To be yes, honest, that doesn't um, surprise me. No, I'm. They look the better of the sides, and considering I didn't actually see them concede, I didn't see anything wrong with their performance. Um, they created a lot more chances going forward, and again, they just looked more like scoring. Uh, eventually, they did score. Found an equaliser in the second half. Came through, not quite a a howler, but a goalkeeping blunder. It's a little bit of a kerfuffle. Very similar to the layer. Incident, port keeper, Majak Mawith, rose to claim across, got two hands on it, but uh, dropped the ball. So probably should have held on to it. And then Joe Guest was there to smash home the spillage. So if you're port, you'd want the keeper to hang on to that. If you're anyone, you would think the keeper hangs on to that. Uh, even though after that, Oakley still looked more likely to score... They ended up having, I think, I think in the end of the game they had like eleven more shots than Port, but couldn't find a winner. 
Port, I thought, were a bit lucky to come away with a point in the end, I reckon. Uh, but I wanted to talk more about Oakley. Yeah, Just Oakley quickly, because they, yeah, yeah, they are unbeaten in their last 11 games. Nice. And so... And so not only are they unbeaten, but they've got eight wins and three draws in that stretch. And that is an almighty run. Even more so considering that they were on bottom with one point after five rounds. Like, they were not looking flash. The last we time... were bad-mouthing them pretty hard at the start of the season. Yeah, I well... think we even started a oh. rumour that they were going to sack their manager or something. Yeah, <laughs> did they... Sack their manager? I, don't I think, think they, they did. Did they? Oh, okay. oh, I can't remember. Uncertain. Uncertain. We're so bad at this podcast. Yeah. Um, but whatever they did, it's bloody worked because they are on fire. I mean, they still sit sixth despite the draw. Yeah. Um, they have got a game in hand, though, against Heidelberg. Tough opponent, but they have already beat them. Uh, they aren't a lock to make finals, only two points ahead of the Knights. But my very quick question to you is how highly do you rate Oakley? So, surely they're the most informed team in the competition right now. Last loss was 12 weeks ago to Avondale, so, like, that's pretty bloody good. Come finals time, though, should they make it, are they a le- legit contender? Like, And when yeah. I say legit contender, I don't mean to, like, win in the first week and then lose in the semi. Are they a legit contender to make the, make the final? Yeah, look, there's definitely teams above them that are better, but... If I look at if they get the right draw, I think Oakley could definitely go go deep into this. Look, it's interesting because I just think where there's sort of teams of Avondale and Heidelberg and Bentley and Green Gully, I think we know their best players. Whereas Oakley, they're a team of the sum of their parts. You know, they are just a tight team, and I really like the way that they play together. There's not really that X factor player for mine in Oakley. They're just a really good team unit, and they just they've been getting wins and they've been putting performances together, and so. If one player has a quiet game, I don't think it's going to hurt as much as, you know, say if, uh, you know, Stefan Zinni has a quiet game for, for Avondale. You know, mm-hmm. that's going to hurt or, a lot. Or Fertel quiet for Bentley? Or... Yes, yeah. Or like Alex Salmon, you know, for Green Gully. You know, that's really going to hurt them if, mm-hmm. if he's quiet. So I rate them very highly. I'm super impressed by them. And I think they are going to do some damage come finals yeah, time. I just find it interesting that you think that there are teams above them who are better. Because, like, I was just sort of pondering that as you said I'm like are there they're undefeated in the last 12 yeah in terms of form no in terms of form there's not in terms of form there's not but you know when you take when you take I think the whole landscape of Victorian football as an equation I think Heidelberg are one of the most dangerous teams in finals you know and so if if that if Oakley draws Heidelberg in the first week of the finals I would dare say that you know that that's pretty much going to be a Heidelberg so they've lost They've only lost three games yeah, since, since 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 the fifth round. So, yeah. like, you could almost say that, that that start of the year was was an anomaly. And, like, you know, I know this sounds dumb, but if you take those first five weeks out of the way, then, you know, they'd be bloody on top. Well, if it's a tale of two two teams in the two halves of the season, Avondale going out in front for the first 15-odd yeah, rounds, and, yeah. and then Oakley taking over from there pretty much and winning the next, you know, 10 or so. Like, that, that's not beyond the realms I, of... I just find it interesting, because it's sort of like, you know, have they found something that'll work, that'll click? Yes. Um, something that might not be working, uh, WNPL, now there's a 50-50 here. Either we're not working properly, or... Likely, the, plausible. Yeah, highly plausible, or the Football Victoria website is not working so, again, also highly plausible because I was having a look and there's no round 22 for some reason. It just goes on the website. When you look at the fixture, yeah, it, it just goes... It jumps. Yes, it just goes, you know, week 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, straight to 23. Does this mean Southern United are undefeated this week? Yeah, well, I mean, it yeah, does. I mean, I, don't, I mean, they didn't lose, but I don't think they played, so I don't understand... They could have played, like, an internal trial game and lost to the under-11s. <laughs> you know, like, how you used to love yeah. hearing, like... Yeah. Stories of like the Chelsea first team losing to the under fifteens or something yeah, in a trial game. Ah, crap. Right. Yeah. So I uh, don't know what happened in the WNPL. So either we mucked up or don't know. It was a buy, but I'm not too sure. Intriguing. Yeah. We will find out about it. We will get our correspondence onto it. Our surfs, our as newsroom in, staff, of as in semi pro potty enterprises, as in Jack, who's meant to come home in about five minutes. We're going. Hey, yeah. Jack. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. Does NPL have a buy? Oh, did, did Pauline play on the weekend? And he'll say yes. And we'll go. Oh, sh- we've mucked this up. This up. <laughs> So, um, at least we get recorded this week. Um, yep. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we've been going for like 45 minutes. I think this is the longest review section we've ever had. But 
I think it's because we're getting to the pointy end of the season and there are some very interesting talking points that are starting to pop up. It was a great round of football. We are going to take a short break. You can also take a short break. And we will join you back for part two of episode 24 of the Semi-Pro Potty very shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of episode 24 of the Semi-Pro Potty where we have literally... Just found out how bad we are at this well, job. Well, the first... Well, let's sort of lead into it for a little bit. So the first segment that we're going to do is That's So Semi-Professional. And what we've now learned is that the first thing that we're going to mention in that segment is us. Again, we're not immune from it. Uh, so it turns out there is a WNPL game. At least... Well, there's at least one on as we speak. Yeah. Which we didn't know about. So we still... Are uncertain if there were a full four round, others. Yeah, yeah. Is there a full round, or are we just doing some makeup games? Yeah, it's, it's um, FC Barcelona or Football Club Bulleen Lions um, <laughs> versus South Melbourne. South Melbourne are one 0 up, twenty six minutes in. Yep, at the Veneto Club, yep. lovely venue for football. And yep. does that mean that your housemate is not going to be home for a bit? Uh, potentially, yes. That yeah. does make sense. Yes, interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's jump back into that. So semi professional because you know we are the leading story in this, and probably should be every week. Um. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bran, what have you got this week? What was semi professional in your world? Well, we've mentioned it before, so we don't need to get into it too much. But the NPL streams on Friday night, tech issues at Oakley actually missed a goal, which is never great. Sort of seems to happen every now and then, but the stream just sort of seems to be a bit of a constant source of uh, mediocrity in a way. Commentators did a pretty good job, but uh, I think one of the microphones was too low in that game anyway. But also, Heidelberg, Bentley, you know, huge game. Potentially one of the biggest games of the season, riddled with technical difficulties. So uh thought that was just a little bit semi-professional. Yeah, nice. Now, I've got one in the run sheet that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. I do not remember putting this in. It says goal in thingo. Well, you said and before, you're that... like, oh, the semi-professional thing that I saw before was the goal in thingo. Oh, what the hell does that mean? I definitely didn't say that. That's how semi- That's my semi-professional yeah. thing this week. The fact that I could put something down as goal in thingo and it could mean something to anyone, presumably. <laughs> Uh, but it sort of means nothing to you. But meanwhile, something that does mean something, Boleen have a penalty. We're watching it live. Are they going to go left or right? Oh, left, let's see left, how left. Bad oh, oh, there you go. She yeah. goes right and she scores. So there you go. Again, what does Brand know? Apparently nothing. So Boleen have tied it up. One all Same. in the 29th minute. Very exciting. I'm oh, sure, I'm sure Jack's most, loving it. This is the most semi-professional, semi-professional section of the podcast. Yeah, it's good. Well, Brand, you had another one. Go yeah, on. Yeah, I do. So I saw on Twitter someone tweeting about Chelsea in Japan, and it just sort of struck me as very semi-professional. I think the person who tweeted it noted that it was sort of, you know, classic Japanese football. Anyway, Chelsea were taking on, I don't know who, a J-League Sorry, a G-League team. Uh, David Luiz came on, made a nine-minute appearance. Uh, one player of the match, which, you know, for nine minutes, that would have to be a pretty impressive nine minutes. So, one player of the match. So, that was uh, semi-professional in itself. But then the classic was Chelsea, uh, sponsored by Yokohama, who are, of course... Were a... they playing against Yokohama F. Marinos? They might have been. I don't know. Uh, so they were sponsored by... So Chelsea is sponsored by Yokohama, and they were playing in Japan, potentially against Yokohama. So they had a photo of David Luiz after winning Man of the Match with some Yokohama tyres. So there's a lovely photo of him standing next to some tyres, and you just look at that and you go, yep, that's uh, it's very semi-professional. I thought I saw something recently where Nakamura was playing back in Japan, and it was like an incredibly old um, front line. Like, the combined age of the front line was, like, 98 or something. That's old. Yeah, it was really old. That's um, almost as old as so you. I'm oh. going to do that one because I've also got a really good segment here, which is Random Flag. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to shake it up this week, Bran. Yeah. Oh, that makes me nervous. Yeah, so you're norm- do this normally shit. we do Random Flag, and you're pretty good at it. But one thing that a lot of our friends now know is that whilst you're good at Random Flags, you're absolutely shithouse at normal people films. Oh, fuck, I'm terrible. So, like, like Brand barely oh. knows, like, what a film is. Oh, I know what a film is. I just haven't seen a lot of films that a lot of people think that apparently a lot of other so people let's, have seen. So, let's prove, let's prove this sort of... Um, let's go for some classics. So, have you seen Jurassic Park? Yeah, love them. Okay, great. Full Monty? No. Okay. 
Um, ooh, Interstellar. No. Okay. Um, Gone with the Wind. No. Okay. Casablanca. No. Alright. I don't even know what these are. Yeah, so this is. Is that a James Bond one? No, mate. Oh, no. Fuck. Everyone, this is me dealing with Branson 24 7. This is me dealing with Willie. He's got, oh, have you seen this movie? I go, no, I haven't. Okay, so I'm going to give you a clue to the movie, and you have two guesses. Okay. Um, You're allowed a second clue as well. Is the clue a flag? No. Oh, that'd be handy. I can give you a country of origin. Okay. America. Most of the films are going to be America. Hollywood's a massive film. film. <laughs> Waste of a clue. Good yeah. brand. Anyway, so this one, this clue that I'm going to give you is Kevin Spacey with a limp. I don't even know who Kevin Spacey is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. Like, I, I know the name. I don't know what he looks like. Oh, man. Okay, Kevin Spacey. Can I Google him? Yeah, yeah. So you can Google, you can Google Kevin Spacey. I don't want to see how you spell it. Okay, yeah. get good calls. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, so Kevin Spacey... He's in with House of Cards, isn't he? Yeah, he is in House of Cards, yeah. correct. So this is one of his more famous films. Oh, that doesn't... And he had a limp. Uh, uh, go on, take a guess. <laughs> Absolutely no, not. Now I'm going to come up with a film title. <laughs> so Kevin Spacey, Space Jam. <laughs> you are such a knob. And he had a limp oh. because he slipped on jam. I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. What uh, is it? Ladies and gentlemen, that film, of course, for you who were playing at home, was Kevin Spacey with a limp in The Usual Suspects. No, absolutely not. What Brilliant. are you talking about? This oh. segment has got so many legs. <laughs> Can I just say, if we're going... To, I preferred random play. There was a lot more pressure, but anyway, what? That's, right. that's my new favourite segment of the podcast, <laughs> right. by the way. Name, name a stadium. Uh, no, sorry, not name a stadium. Name a movie. Or see if you can describe a, an apparent classic movie. Let me know how you thought that clue was, because I thought it was an absolutely bolter clue. Though. Can I have another go? Another quick go? Off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, ooh. You've got to get this one. Modern Shakespeare. Oh, fucking hell. Well, see, that, that's open to interpretation, though. I mean, it's really not. It's actually kind of quite on the spectrum. See, when, when you say modern Shakespeare, the thing that leaps to my mind is the modern remake of Romeo and Juliet with That's Leonardo it. DiCaprio. Yeah! Really there we go. There we cool. go. Lovely. Brilliant. Yes! You were, you were t- so have you actually seen it or do you just know that Yeah, we well, watched it in like year 10 high school. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, pro- that's why, oh but you know, that's great. Um, moving on, because <laughs> this will just make you really mad and make me feel really dumb and... You know, that's great every now and then, but, I mean, let's not... Like... for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what we liked, let's jump into what we liked, because there was one thing that for mine stood out this week, and yep. that was Leeds versus Western Sydney. Kind of forgot about their name then. Um, but it's a weird one where the, le- the, the not important thing about that was the game of football. The most important thing was... Western Sydney getting into that new stadium. Oh, my yeah. God, is that a pretty picture? Yeah, it is. And it's exactly what they need and you know like there was a lot of stuff being said to do with western sydney you know the new team in uh what is it southwest sydney they wanted to delay that so the wanderers could have a year a full year in their new stadium to sort of re-attract bring back fans and sort of attract new ones and and, and you can really see that that was actually a really good decision yeah being happy with that one yeah and um, they just, ah, yeah, I love it. I can't wait to see it for the regular season and sort of like a more meaningful, meaningful game, but it looked great. Yeah, um, it'll be, what I saw with it as well was like, fuck, the sound system is loud in it. Mm. Like the pre-game stuff where they had like fireworks and like sound effects coming through. I was yep. like, that sounds loud. Well, just the outside of the stadium looked good as well. I mean, they had the yeah. red and black lights along the roof and even like I that giant, that touch. but and that giant big screen that said, very Americanized, like out the front of a uh, Madison Square Garden or an NBA arena or whatever. It had the Western Sydney logo and the Leeds logo. And you just go, look, that looks uh, pretty darn good. Uh, so a couple of things that I like, because I've got a few that I like. So the first yeah. one I want to mention is Algeria winning the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, defeating Senegal 1-0. Uh, interesting result. Afri- oh, sorry, Algeria's second ever African Cup of Nations, so well done to them. Do want to point out, though, that Brand might have had a bit of a good luck omen in there, because a few weeks ago I did wear an Algeria Mares kit, and Algeria yeah, did go on to win, and Mares is the captain. Yes, so. Branson, your choice of clothing definitely affected the African Cup of Nations final. I'd like to think so. Um, speaking of 
choice of clothing. Uh, one thing that I like is Liverpool's third kit. Uh, and the re- yeah, well, the reason why I like it is because I read that uh, they the design is inspired on their six European titles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I heard a backstory. Apparently, they were like, "Oh, let's make a new kit, but let's sort of design it based around our Premier League titles." Oh. Shit! Hang on, we haven't won any. Whoa. We can't. We can't do it. Oh, we. Oh no, they can't. Ladies do it and gentlemen, for oh. those of you wondering, Branson does write his own material. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. Yeah. No, so I was saying to. Um, today, to be honest, I actually haven't even seen. It. I just saw they released it. I'm like, oh yeah, is it based on their Premier League title? Lol, jokes haven't got one. Yeah, brilliant, Branson. Yep. Um. Anyway, it's actually so, good. Oh, it's a little so, bit. Good. I actually quite like it. But the yeah. thing I was sort of saying to Matt's about it's dark. This. Shut up! Oh my god, you're ruining my oh, life. Okay. Stop it. Um, I was talking to my mate, so I'm like, I would love that kit if it glows in the dark. And I just started Google image search, and there is one that looks like it does glow in the dark. Mm. And if it does, that's fun. Mm. Well, that'll be handy when you, all the Liverpool fans go, do you know what, Liverpool are a bit shit, so I'm just going to put this jersey back in the closet because I'm a fair-weather supporter and Oof. never wear it ever again. Oof. Like, oh, uh, another thing that I like, um, <laughs> moving on, uh, Brisbane Strikers. Playing their, aware of them as a club, yes. Flying their trade in the NPL in Queensland. Yeah, this was quite special, this Yeah, time. Andy Pengelly scored a cool nine goals in his side's 12-1 win over Sunshine Coast. Nine, that is many goals in a game. Do you know what's really impressive about that as well? What? There is someone else in that oh, game who deserves yeah. a match ball <laughs> and is definitely not going to get it. Yeah, yeah. so Zach Maltby uh, netted a hat-trick too <laughs> in that game. But, I mean, let's be honest, that kind of looks a bit shit when another bloke scores nine. Like, do you even ask for it? Do you ask for a match ball and be like, I want the match ball and I want to score the hattie? Because, like, to be honest with you, if I played football, I don't think I would score more than one hat-trick. Like, and, and what if, like, that is his hat-trick well, and he's you, just been due? But what do you get if you score nine goals? Do you get the match ball and the backup match ball and the referee's whistle and, like, yeah. like do you just get more things for the more I goals reckon you should score? be able to gank all of the other players' bootlaces or something. I don't know what, really inconvenient. I don't know what gank means. Gank. Take. Tank. Steal. Oh, okay. Great. Cool. Like, grab. Yeah, well, I'm going to grab this opportunity to say FC Bulleen Lions have scored again. They're now up 2-1. Big come from behind on that one. Yep. Uh, and now you've got another thing here that you like. Yeah, I just need to have a look at the name of the club. Um, yeah, great. Because it was in the BBC and it is a semi-professional Welsh team yep. that has made the qualifying stages of the UEFA Cup, I believe. Europa League. Yep. Um, very impressive. So they are semi-professional. Uh, let me just find this one. Um, super professional, and they beat a Scottish team, I think it was Aberdeen, yep. to get through, and now they're going to travel to Turkey yep. to play their game, and their flight gets back on Friday morning at 5am, and I think it's like eight players need to go to work the next day. Yeah, love it. Excellent. One of those absolutely outstanding stories that we like. Yeah, and we sort of hear that with the FFA Cup a little bit, you know, players yeah. with, you know, trying to get all that sort of work stuff. And this is even better because it's on, like, you know, a European stage, a big major national tournament. Yep, so I've got it here. I'm just opening up the article. It was in BBC Sports, so not normally Branson's shit-ass sources of news like Twitter or, like, you know, IMDb. <laughs> where did not you... Not you would know what IMDb is. No, I know what it is. Uh, where did you... Isn't it a porn song? Oh, my I know it's not. I know it's not. Um, oh, you so <laughs> don't. You so don't. It's like international movie database or some shit. Uh, Connor's Key Nomads oh, beat Kilmarnock in one uh, of the yep. biggest upsets in the history of Europa League. Shout um, out to Kilmarnock as well because they have a shocking, oh, really weird logo. It's like a finger pointing down. It's really random. Yeah. Anyway, um, obscene. Um, so they are going to Serbia. Great. Full credit to them. I love it. That's so love cool. It. Also, one thing I loved about this was there was a quote. Um, so a lot of the, I think there was a lot of the media or managers were saying that, you know, they'll, oh, they'll put six past them. I'd be surprised if they don't get 10, whatever. And one of the guys at, um, Connor's Key Nomads said, there's a little message for them there. You don't write off teams of men. My skipper is 37 years old. Michael Wilde is 35, but they have the hearts, the size of lions and never back down. How beautiful is that? How good would you feel if someone said that about you? It's good. 
the heart of lions. So, how did you come across this story? Where did you see it? Uh, Matt tagged it to me. I think it was off like on BBC Twitter. Sport. No, ah, Facebook. so Twitter was your no, source. Was Facebook, and, yeah, oh, close enough. Same thing. Yeah, but it's, Twitter's not the source. Twitter's the channel you know. Yeah, yeah. What's Wikipedia? The channel. It's no, exactly the same. Wikipedia is the source. No. Twitter's the channel, you knob. Wiki- no, it's the same thing. It's not. No. Twitter is not a publishing platform. Well, I'll tell you what. All right, so we're moving on. God, to- <laughs> you're so dense. And you're a journalist. This is what really concerns me. I'd back down if it was just a mate, you're a journalist. Oh, so me. I've got a new segment for us. Oh, Christ. Yeah, very fun. It's a little segment, a nice and easy one that we can sort of uh, ease into this week. Very simple, yes or no. So yeah, what? I've, on. So what I've got is a, a few questions here for you, and I want a, a yes or no answer, and perhaps a quick little a explanation. Bit of a spicy yes, little, yeah. yeah. So Bentley lost to Heidelberg. Yeah. So if we have a look at the ladder, there's a bit of a gap from them to Avondale. I've gone back to the ladder; it's gone around five. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> they are six points behind Avondale. Yeah. Bentley, can they win the title? Can they finish on top? Yes or no? Nope. Uh, I, I do think the title is going to be Avondale. Um, I don't think they win the final, though. So I, I'm comfortable with Avondale winning the league. I think they've earned it yep. from, a, from a league perspective yep. with that great start. Yep. But, uh, nope. Not in, Heidelberg a chance, but Bentley no chance? Oh, I don't even think Heidelberg are a chance. Okay, fair call. Moving on. Will we see a kit in the A-League that is worse than Perth? See, yes or no? No. Yes. Yes? I don't hate Perth kit. Yep. What I did hate was the fact that they tr- decided to do the photo show of them in like really shitty like uh, jeans. Rivers jeans. Yeah. <laughs> like Rivers brand jeans. They just look like undercover policemen and I'm like, yeah. this is not a great look. Well, they just sort of went for artistic and fashionable and it's neither. Yeah. But it's a pretty boring kit. But looking at that kit, I think, you know, going back to the backstory of kits, uh, I think they decided, you, you know how teams put like stars on their badges for the number of titles they won? Yes. Maybe, I think it's Macron who sponsored them. Maybe they go, all right, we'll put a white stripe on Perth's kit for every A-League championship yeah, that they've brilliant. won. Oh, wait, they've won none. No stripes for you, You're really Perth. being savage on teams that are actually better than most of the teams you support. Yeah, but I mean, if we're gonna, if I'm going to bag out <laughs> yeah. team, on teams... You need some sort of win. <laughs> it's going to be suck it, Yeovil Town. You just got relegated to non-league. <laughs> shit having a Waterlooville. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I've got one for you, Bran. Yep. Is Memento Guy Pearce's best film? I have no idea. Don't know. (laughs) Don't know who Guy Pearce is and I don't know what Memento is. I really don't. Yeah, great. Uh, (laughs) Will Kingston still finish on the bottom? Yes or no? Oh, shit. Because they're only... Can you go... So they're only one point behind Paco. No, I think Paco. I reckon Paco are going to finish bottom, but it's kind of a stinger because there's the playoff. Yep, correct. So, there's... Well, the, well, just because Kingston don't finish bottom doesn't mean that they'll make the playoff. Because they could finish 13th and still get automatically relegated. Really? Yes. So, the playoff's only 12th. So, two teams get automatically relegated. Oh, shit. So... Shit, Danny. Yeah. Not say, no, Danny is safe. Danny City are definitely safe. Yep. The Thunder are no, not, because they're eight points behind. So, yeah. he, so <laughs> Thunder, Paco, and Kingston are all definitely... In the relegation yeah. zone. So uh, two of those three are 100% getting yeah, down. I think Will pa- Kingston finish on bottom? Yes or no? No. Uh, okay. And uh, just because I, they got the first half of this week and the last week's game, I was like, shit, they could turn this around. Yep. Maybe they've got like something in them. I don't think they're going to completely escape the drop now, but... No. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, one final little one. Are you excited for the A-League? Yes or no? I'm kind of at this stage not quite. I, I have been in previous weeks. I'm more excited for the FFA Cup. So I think it's in about a week and a half, uh, or maybe two weeks. Yep. Um, Knights host Adelaide United, and I think that's going to be a cracker. So I'm kind of focusing my gaze on that at the moment. But I'm just kind of a little bit overwhelmed with the run into the end of the season that we have in the NPL. Decide what that bottom of the table looks like. Decide what that top of the table looks like in the finals. So the next month of football is going to be really good. And then we've got a final series after that. I'm kind of not really focusing on it because there's just still a lot on. So just, you've touched on the FFA Cup very quickly there. It's actually, there are actually games this week. So I've brought them up here. So on the yeah, this week? Yeah, on the 24th, 24th of July. So we've got a couple. We've got Adelaide Olympic taking on Florida Athena. Adelaide Olympic, Florida, Athena. Then we've got Bulleen Lions against Moreland Zebras. Two teams in the NPL, two in Victoria. That's going to be great. 
We got. Know, does that mean we have to go to Bulleen like Thursday night? Potentially. They're playing at Veneto Club, aren't they? Uh, I believe so. Are you sure it's this week? Yeah, it says the 24th, mate. Uh, Playing through the rest of the games, Darwin Olympic taking on Edgeworth FC. Uh, the Magpies Crusaders, I think that's who that is, taking on the Chimera Colts. Mount Gravatt taking on Manly United and Olympic Queensland taking on Bayes Water. At a glance, Manly United really looks like Man United. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like out of the corner of my eye, I was like, "Shit, Mount Gravatt." And I'm also, I'm also reading draw. these fixtures out on the Football Twenty Four app, which is excellent. But it just says Magpies Crus, and I don't know who they are. So I'm um, guessing Magpies Crusaders or Magpies Cruceratus. Yeah, it could be. Brilliant. Or magpies, anything. We anyway. are running so yes. long in this episode, everyone. Um, what we're going to do is we are going to finish up part two, and we are going to quickly, very quickly, blitz through part three, where we will preview this week's upcoming Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three. We are going to blitz through this week's upcoming fixtures. Um, Friday night, we have got three games. Starting with Pasco Vale versus Hume City. Bentley versus Kingston. Dandenong City will take on Heidelberg. Brilliant. On Saturday, we have Green Gully taking on the Melbourne Knights. Port Melbourne taking on Altona and Oakley squaring off against Avondale. That will be a very good game that Saturday night fixture. Are you going out to Oakley for it? Yep, sure I am. I'm going to join. Yep, excellent. Um, good man, let's do it. Sunday, we have one game. Um, those of you who are seasoned veterans will know that it will be at South Melbourne. And it will be South Melbourne taking on Dandenong Thunder, which, oh my God, Dandenong Thunder, will they get points that will finally kind of take them out of that immediate drop zone? Who knows? Yep. Um, uh, match of the round. Yeah, uh, Oakley Avondale, 100%. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. it, Daniel City versus yeah, well, Heidelberg. Yeah, that's what I was going to... Christ on a bomb. And again, we sort of mentioned it last week, where there's quite a few of these games that will really sort of shape that mid-table battle and that push for finals. Yeah. So, you know, Gully against the Knights, will the Knights make the leap? Port Melbourne against Altona, are either of those two really going to challenge? And even South Melbourne. Like So, like, there's, there's still plenty of games that will have plenty on impact, plenty of impact on... Yeah. On the table, on the I hour. also think that Bentley Kingston game is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Now, I'm definitely. not expecting anything out of Kingston for that. You'd keep an eye on it, though. They, they could kind of do a little bit of a number yeah. there. Um, WMPL, we have got some games this week. Yeah. But. We think these are the games. We I also, think we also. 22 is a make up round. Well, we also thought that these were the games last week. So it's the same games that we read out last week. So it's called these oh, are definitely but these are definitely being played oh, maybe so this shit. week. But it's, so shit. So you got Calder against Fox Hill, Southern taking on Bayside, Geelong, Berlin, Alamein, Heidelberg, South Melbourne, Senior and TC. Brilliant. Um ladies and gentlemen, that has been an absolutely long bumper episode of Semi Pro Potty. Thank you very much for joining us. I am at Chambershire. You are at Branson Gibson. Yep. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we love talking football with you, and we're very much looking at covering the next month to two months of football with you, where we start to get into the point of the season. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to episode 24 of the Semi Pro Podcast.